to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle, and this is episode 37. In today's episode, we will talk about entrepreneurship. Today's episode is brought to you by Black Wall Street, the board game, and Play Black Wall Street Academy. This site supports the education of financial literacy for families. Visit Play Black Wall Street and use the discount code CLEVERLY, all caps, for 25% off site-wide. This discount cannot be used in combination with any other discount. If you find yourself homeschooling for whatever reason, this is an episode that you'll need to hear. If you're a new listener to our podcast, I'd like to thank you personally for joining us. I am an entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, and this podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, but it is also for parents who want to supplement their child's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, please consider supporting it by donating via our Patreon page. At a low monthly cost, visit patreon.com slash cleverlychanging to make your donation. You'll also receive a discount on all of our Cleverly Changing merch at the cleverlychanging.threatless.com shop. Today's African proverb is, a man cannot sit down alone to plan for prosperity. And that is a Nigerian proverb. It's now time for the word of the episode. Pesa means money in Swahili. So I'm excited about this conversation that we're going to have with Amira about businesses and entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship sounds like a great big word for kids, but right now there are many kids who are becoming entrepreneurs. Their parents may be entrepreneurs. So I think it's really fitting for us to talk about it. Like, what is entrepreneurship to you, Amira? To me, entrepreneurship is starting your own business. Yes, exactly. Do you know any entrepreneurs? Um, okay, well, my mom, she, um, she is doing a writing business, but I don't know if she started that herself. And then she also has this um, this cosmetics shop that she hasn't yet opened. That's, I don't think she has. Well, that's really cool. Like your mom, she she makes things 
So, and she sells them to other people. So yes, that is entrepreneurship. She also is a writer and an editor and she writes and edits for people. So yes, and she charges them for her services. So she offers a service and she charges for it. So that does make her an entrepreneur. Do you know any kids who have their own businesses? No, I don't. Have you heard about kid entrepreneurs before? Yes, I have. Can you tell me some thoughts of what those kids sell? Like if you know what they sell or, you know, what makes them an entrepreneur, what service they're providing to other people. Can you share that with us? Okay, so I don't know if this is like an actual, like, I don't know if starting, like being a singer or slash rapper is uh, um is becoming an entrepreneur but if it is then there's this girl named that girl Lele and she is very young and she does um she does makes music and stuff yeah if she gets paid to do that and she's in charge of her business like you know sometimes people can sing for birthday parties or for events and they get paid to to sing or rap to do that that does if you know they're handling it and they're getting paid and there's no company that is doing the the negotiations are that's um, getting paid on their behalf then they are in fact entrepreneurs so that is pretty cool do you know any kids who have products that they sell um no i don't so have you heard of any kid businesses like a lemonade stand or something similar no no okay well i wanted to talk to you about some of those types of businesses there is Lots, there are lots of kids who have businesses and there is one kid in particular who comes to mind and that is, her name is Bailey. And Bailey is a little girl who sells nail polish. She sells subscription nail polish and it's a pretty cool business that her parents helped her start. And so she just has one business, but there are other kids who some of them have t-shirt lines some of them have hair products it's just a time where kids are coming up with all sorts of things some of them sell um, vegan smoothies that are healthy for people and so it is definitely a time when kids can start thinking about what service they can offer other people have you ever wanted to have your own business um actually yes what did you want that business to be about okay so i wanted to so me and my sister we thought of this thing where we would like make a baking service but we would like also um have people come in and then they could decorate the cake themselves so it's like we would make the cake and then they would decorate it that sounds very and we will also make other things like other desserts and pastry products 
That's very cool. So baking and cooking is something that you've always really loved and you've shared with, you shared that with us on the podcast. So have you talked to your parents about maybe testing your ideas out? No. <laughs> no? I don't think my mom really trusts really trust me yet in the kitchen. But you could definitely work with your mom to make it a possibility. You know, she would have to help out because you guys are pretty young to be in the kitchen by yourselves. But if you have an adult supervisor, it's something that they can, they can supervise you and it can still be your own business, but they're helping you out because you came up with the concept and how to execute it. And you know, you do, being a child, you do need your, an adult's help to, you know, sometimes you need money. So money is considered capital to get started. Sometimes you need to get the products and the ordering and things like that has to be done by an adult. So it's definitely something that you can look into and talk to your Talk to your mom about it and see if it's something that you can try. Maybe it's, you know, you can make it like a summer business where, you know, for a couple months, maybe you could do like a back to school special where you're only offering it for this particular season. But I know on the Steve Harvey show, they used to always have different kids. And there was one kid who had a baking business and his, he had a single mom and she needed a car. And he actually, he sold so many of his cookies that he was able to buy his mom a car. And I mean, that is just impressive. So don't discard your ideas. Definitely, you know, talk to your you're adult about it and see if it's something that is a possibility for you and your family. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so um, what I want us to do just as we close this part of the conversation, are you thinking of like, what are some other ideas that you think um, what are some other types of businesses that kids can start? So if you're like in the crafty stuff, like art, you could sell pieces of art that you make. Um, yes. And I, I want to just interject just for a second, because that's something that is probably even easier to do because like your, your parent can help you set up an Etsy shop and you could actually sell those things online. Etsy is a great place to sell things that are handmade. And so, you know, that's something to consider as well. What are some of your other ideas? Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Well, that's great. I think that, you know, to be a person who is thinking about creating things that can serve other people, that's the start. That's how you start an entrepreneurial mindset. And I know that now that I'm an adult, I realize that you may have like a regular job, but 
your regular job may not be something that you love and you can start a business on the side doing something you absolutely love and if it goes well that can become your full-time job so just getting started is important and talking to someone about your ideas and trying to get them going is important too so Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. And I hope that you'll take a few moments to, you know, at least run it by your mom and see what she says. I will do that. All right. That's it. So thanks for talking to us. You're welcome. Welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. This podcast is all about educating your kids and really thinking about the future and learning more about your family and also work and family life. So we have a special guest today, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is from Love on a Canvas, and we are excited to talk to you today, Elizabeth. Can you tell us a little bit about um, who you are and... Um, Love on a Canvas. Hi, Cleverly. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, hi everyone. My name is Elizabeth. I am a writer and a poet. I've been writing for a long time now, maybe 15 years or so. Um, my nine to five is actually content writing. Um, and I also do creative writing through Love on a Canvas. So it's a business. I established um, about three years ago now. And essentially what we do is we create personalized canvas poems um, and we print them on A4 canvases. So I'm looking at expanding to other sizes, but that's basically what we do. Okay, well that is very cool that your nine to five and your passion project coincide. I think that is beautiful because so many people would love to do what they love and also be able to have a, a side project or, you know, another job, a passion project that directly coincides with their talents. How did you, how did you know that you wanted to be a writer? Good question. So I, I always say I didn't know that I wanted to be a writer. I more feel like, as cliche as it sounds, writing kind of found me. So growing up, I was I was kind of nonverbal when it came to expressing my feelings. I used to write everything down. So I always had a diary, always had a journal, and I would just kind of write my most intimate thoughts in it. So I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in London. I moved to Mecca when I was seven, and then I'm back to London when I was 17. And that's when I started writing uh, a lot of poetry so to kind of express my frustration I really miss living in the states and I just really hate London so um my mom at time was like really immersed in the church and so we started going to church a lot more often and um came born again and I started writing a lot of kind of Christian uh Christian poems and I started performing them at churches and events and that's kind of where I would say um, writing on a larger scale kind of came into play. So, but I didn't always pursue writing careers. 
kind of came on accident as well. So I moved to Nigeria when I was, I think, 21 or 22 after I finished my degree. And um, the job I initially moved for, it basically didn't work out. I was looking for a job for about seven months and then someone offered me an editing job. And I'm like, well, right. At the time, I was only writing copy and doing, you know, more spoken word writing. Um, but I thought, why not? You know, because I like to write. And basically, yeah, that's when I started writing. So I've just kind of gone from writing job to writing job since then. That is very, very cool. When you were performing at different churches, did people kind of um, encourage you by providing feedback saying, you know, you're really talented at this. Like what were some of the words of affirmation that you received from others to really help you understand that this is something that comes natural for you? So that's, so that's really interesting. So for me, and even till today, I enjoy writing about my personal experiences. Like it's my way of kind of expressing and one of my ultimate goals is to be able to connect with people on, a, on an intimate level. So um, a lot of my poetry was focused on my personal experiences. So I think one of my most popular poems um, or spoken word pieces is called Ebony. So it basically was about my experiences as a dark-skinned girl and basically how, you know, I got teased a lot growing. There was a lot of rejection amongst the Black community for me being darker. As we know, the Black community has a lot of shadism. So, you know, when I would share my poems because they were so raw and so intimate, I used to get so much feedback, especially from women. I also had another poem kind of about self-image and how I just didn't feel good enough in my own skin or how I looked because I didn't, you know, meet society's standards. I don't have a big butt. I don't have a small waist. I don't have big, you know, I don't conventional girls. I don't look. So that resonated with a lot of people. So I would always get so much feedback. I'd get a lot of messages, inboxes that, you know, your poems really touched me and really inspired me. And this is what I'm going through in counseling as well. So that, that's not kind of new. Okay, I might have like a space, you know, I'm able to connect with people and I'm able to share my experiences and uplift and empower people through my, my poetry. So, yeah. Wow. I, I love that you just mentioned that you were empowering others because that's exactly what I try to do with my platforms and the different um, areas that I try to kind of breathe into my communities. And I think that sometimes being transparent really helps um, people relate, not only just relate to you, but it makes you more authentic to them. Absolutely, yeah. So that can be very powerful when you're starting your own business. Mm -hmm. And I know that from, from my personal experience, it can be hard, you know, opening up to others. So what has, um, you know, because I don't, I don't know about other people, but I know growing up for me, it was kind of like, you don't share your business <laughs> with other people. <laughs> and so um, opening up and being transparent can be somewhat difficult. Um, I try to do it and I try to make it seem natural, but it is definitely hard because it goes against um, you know, just how I was raised where, you know, you want people always to see the the bright side where everything is all together. You definitely don't want them to see your struggles. And I think with social media and um, the way that we have to connect with people nowadays, 
they don't just want to see everything that's all put together. They also want to hear about your struggles because that will help them out as well. So how do you overcome, um, how do you overcome that to be so transparent and really, um, you know, let people see your struggles? I know you talked about your writing, but, you know, it can still be, it's still your personal journey. So how Mm -hmm. do you um, open up, even though it may go against somewhat, I don't know if you had the same experience, you know, like, don't share your business with the world, but, um, you know, how do you find, you know, it, have you found it um, therapeutic or just easy to open up to others? Yeah, so I I definitely can agree with you. I resonate where you say, I think for a lot of Black people, you know, we have to put on this this poker face outside. And like you said, don't do your business outside. So that's something I grew up with as well. But I think, you know, as you grow and as you evolve, you, some of the value that you're, you know, you've learned from your parents or your family, and then you decide which ones that you want for yourself. So for me, a big value for me is authenticity. It's also transparency. And I know because it's core to who I am that I do connect with people you know, on the internet level, I don't feel like you can connect if you're not authentic. So, and, and, and again, I saw a meme the other day that said, you know, being authentic doesn't mean that you have to, you know, air your personal business or tell everyone everything about you, but it, it's defined differently for everyone. So for me, I just try to be as honest as possible. So I would say something I've been working for a couple of years now. So I wouldn't say I've always been this open, but I think art or writing has kind of been the medium to help me feel more comfortable expressing myself. And um, courage is also really, really, really important value for me. So it takes a lot of courage to say, hey, this is who I am. Um, and then you're not always, it's not always going to be accepted. It's not always going to be received well. But I think what, what still pushes me to do it is, um, yes, it makes me feel true to myself when I present the truest version of myself to the world. So, and I also find that I always get more positive feedback for being authentic or being honest or being open than I do negative feedback. So I think um, I wrote a book as well. Um, I published it, I think, two, two years ago now. And that was like, you know, as I was editing the book, that was like a really, really raw. And there were these things in there that I was like, am I sure I want to share that? You know, am I sure I want people reading things about me? But I also knew um, it would heal me in many ways to kind of just put it out there. It would also free me, you know, because sometimes when you hide things or you have like secrets or things you don't want people to know, again, I'm not saying you have to share with everyone, but, you know, to, to kind of take away that layer of shame, sometimes if you get out there, then you're not kind of, you know, um, helped by that shit anymore as well. So yeah, right. so that's basically the experience. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely you're absolutely right about that. It is it's a freeing experience. Mm-hmm. So the word choice you use definitely resonates with me 100 percent because you don't feel um, like it's a barrier. Because to some time to some people it can feel like a wall that mm-hmm. you can't go around. And mm-hmm. so by being able to talk about it, it's like you're just breaking that wall down, and it's not hindering you from you know moving forward. So that's powerful. I know that um, your recent your recent um, business owner and you're starting up your business, mm-hmm. and I know that you know when you're starting a new business, it can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. What are some of the challenges that you faced um, by just getting started? 
Wow. So I would say the biggest challenge for me has been um, trying to do everything myself. So, you know, obviously you have your daily life to attend to. I'm a mother as well. I have my son. I have a job. So trying to, to kind of to organize my workload because there's so many things to do. You have to do the marketing, making the product physically. Um, I have to create the content for the product. I have to look at the finance aspects of things. I have to make sure, you know, all of the legal aspects are also handled. So trying to do all of that and fit that into my daily schedule sometimes feels really, really overwhelming. So I'll say what's really helped me is breaking it down into very small and like manageable tasks and also setting more realistic timelines. So when I first started, I was, I want to get this business up and running like in the next month or two months. And, you know, a realistic timeline considering that I have so many other things to balance. So I think when I kind of stretch it out a little more and I pace myself and I'm very, very, very specific about what I need to do and when I need to do it by. I get a lot more done and I also feel less overwhelmed. So for me personally, that's been what's been really tough. Yes. What you said, like setting realistic timelines, I know um, I'm always busy. So like there isn't necessarily any time where there's nothing for me to do. So that just means that I have to have an ongoing to-do list that that has deadlines that says, okay, we're going to meet this by this. You know, Mm -hmm. I always have to prioritize my time. That's the only way things will get done because otherwise, if you just let things go, you'll miss things. You'll forget Mm -hmm. art. Life will get in the way because you still have to be very present in your children's lives. So, um, I know for you, you have a son and, um, how old is he now? He's too. He's really busy. He's at that age where he's really busy. And he, I, I was thinking to myself yesterday, I, I noticed his love language is quality time. He likes to do things with you. He loves when you engage with him and play with him. So, you know, a lot of days I have mom guilt because, again, I have work deadlines I have to meet. And, you know, it's just me and him at home all day. And obviously, once I'm done with work, I have to work on my business as well. So it's, you know, it's funny because even a lot of moms want to kind of work at home and able to see their kids every day. But just because you're home with your kids, it doesn't mean you're engaging with them. So it's also carving out the time to actually engage in activity and then just try to balance because most time seems like an illusion. But yeah. Yes. (laughs) What you said, because you can see your child, but not necessarily be present. Yes and intentional about the time you spend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you said that his love language is quality time, that's something that I want to just take a few minutes and unpack because um, there are, not everybody is familiar with love languages, but it's something that I really hold dear. There is a book um, called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And in the show notes, I'll definitely put a link to that book and also your book as well. Um, because I think it's important for people to evaluate and understand that everybody receives love differently. And many of us, when we are loving other people, we love based on our own love language. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you become a parent, it's so hard. I think that's one of the hardest things to go outside of yourself and say, hey, even though this is how I love, I can't do that and that alone if that's not what my child needs. Yes. 
And it's yeah. like, it's a rude awakening because your kids come out demanding more yeah. from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? You know? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So would you say that your love language is also quality time or is it, um, so there, there are some others. So, um, gifts is one of the love languages. There's also, um, words of affirmation mm-hmm. and, um, let's see. So there's words of affirmation. There's, um, quality time but there's also what i'm trying to think of what it's called acts of service yes because i was like the one that my husband is my husband is is acts of service for him um without a doubt and mine is words of affirmation so um and then i think there's one more do you know what that one is physical touch physical touch absolutely and i have one daughter who's um she's a kinesthetic which is tactile learner and her love language is physical touch and so um yeah those aren't my love languages and i've had to you know to be a well-rounded person you really have to tap into all of them to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um to just be a balanced person. And so which one would you say is your love language? So that's actually why I was laughing to myself because I'm like, yeah, his, his love language is quality time and that's not my love language. You know, we all have, I would maybe, how can I say, we kind of need all of the love languages at different points. Maybe mm-hmm. have the top one. Quality time is probably falls way to the bottom of my list. So, <laughs> I'm, yeah, and that was actually the biggest struggle for me becoming a parent as well because I like my time by myself. I can be really, really introverted. So knowing that I have some of my space twenty four seven every day, sometimes it was like you know, a little overwhelming. So, yeah, so that's not my language. So I'm having to adapt and again carve out time, and also not feel guilty um, because sometimes I feel like. But what you just said earlier about the quality of the time, I think is key as well. So before I used to think, oh, I have to carve out like six hours a day to spend with him, but that's not really practical and that's not necessarily true. Even if it's just you know two quality hours that I engage with him or thirty quality minutes, whatever I can for the day. That goes a long way. So my, my top language is actually like your husband, it's acts of service. And then the second one is words of affirmation. So those are my top two languages. And I would say my son's second one is words of affirmation. So he gets really excited when you <laughs> praise him. He loves it. He's jumping, clapping, like he loves to be praised. And, you know, he really, really likes that. So. Oh, I, 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 I'm so impressed that, you know, you've already been able to identify that because I think that is really a big hurdle in mm. parenting and just in relationships in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just learning other people. That's a big part of life. And mm-hmm. so um, I commend you for learning that so soon. And, um, you know, good luck with everything. When it comes to, um, you said that, um, you talked about acts of service being your love language and that, um, you know, you're introverted and I know I am also an introvert. And so that means that, um, self-care is very important. And I know that when you're running a business, when you're being a parent and you know, you're working 
also, it can be hard to carve out time for self-care. How have you, um, and it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but how have you, have you even found time to do that for yourself? Because I think um, right now we're still in um, the pandemic. And so it's like uh, in the midst of everything, you have to Although you may be home, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're not busy. For me, I've been more busy, but that means I have to be more intentional about how I schedule out my self-care. So how are you making it work when it comes to self-care? So self-care is is something I've been exploring for a little while now. So, you know, most women have... this or forced into this narrative of being everything to everyone all the time you know that's kind of what you're you're conditioned to think that that you come last and you have to take care of your family and your kids if you have a partner and then whatever's left over you give to yourself so I was doing that maybe for the first it's like yeah for the first year of motherhood especially I was trying to do everything um and of course I burned myself out so but I didn't know how to self-care I was just hearing this tag phrase self-care so, but what does it mean how do you self-care you know um and then I started therapy so kind of therapy introduced me to more ways or, or how to explore self-care for myself and then I took it a step further I'd say it became really practical when I actually kind of like you said became intentional about it so I'm very big on my to-do list I write everything down so I actually started putting a section of self-care on my to-do list so it is something I have to you know I actively see every day and tick off so on my self-care list put so I like you said I don't achieve anything every day I at least try to do one or two things on my self-care list so it's usually to read for a couple of minutes um to do some exercise to eat healthy meal um to meditate and to do some affirmation so those are like my core you know um self-care activities that I try to do every day and that shouldn't take up to 20 minutes really because it's just in kind of small blocks but I do find when I do that at the beginning of the day my days go a lot a lot a lot better so you know on the weekends so like today Sunday my ritual is usually Friday Friday, Sunday um once I put my to sleep I light a candle I love candles I love music I listen to music and literally just relax and I journal as well and then I have this acupressure mat so that helps like me release tension. So I use that on Sunday as well because obviously Mondays are very hectic. So just so that I can feel like I looked after myself over the weekend and have enough mental um, and physical energy to take on the new week. So yeah. Oh, bravo. I mean, that is, that has, I'm going to be very honest with you. So my kids are, I have twins and my daughters are 11 now. And it has taken me, Wow. It's, it has taken me years to actually start putting self-care on my schedule mm-hmm. because I, I grew up in a household where my mother just, she just dedicated her whole life to her kids and not to herself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I was taught. And so I was like, what I need doesn't really matter anymore. (laughs) And, and that's something that you have to intentionally unlearn. And no one is saying self-care is selfish. That's not what we're talking about. It's just saying that you, in order to love other people, you have to also love you. And for us as women, uh, you know, as black women, that is kind of not a notion 
that that we've been taught. It's, it hasn't been one that has been accepted in our world until now. I think now we're coming into a time where it's like, it's okay to care about you. Yes, absolutely. And this is the first time I've ever, it sounds so simple, but it's the first time that I feel like it's comfortable to do that. Yeah. Because in the past, you know, right. Right. So I just commend you because I am, I am right. You know, I am in the thick of things now where I'm coming into my own in that regard. And it's, it's a healing thing. Like earlier you talked about, um, you know, just the healing of writing. And I find that you know, as a writer as well, I find it to be therapeutic, but self-care and taking time out to recognize that I have needs too is also healing. And to have permission to do that as a business owner, because I mean, there are some business owners who will talk about, I don't sleep. And I'm like, if I don't sleep, I don't function. Mm. And so it's, it's learning for some people, they may be able to sacrifice their sleep and there's nothing wrong with that, but everybody isn't able to do that. And so you have to find what you can sacrifice and what your deal breaker is in order to be able to, you know, we always talk about balance when it comes to working for yourself and caring for others. But I feel like, and, and let me know if this is something that you agree with. I no longer necessarily look for balance because I feel like that is something that is not attainable. No, it's not. <laughs> so I look for ways that I can cope and prioritize. That's what I tend to call it instead of balance because nothing is ever um, balancing on the scale, so to speak, perfectly, ever. That's just not life. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. You know, someone once, a mother, or my friend once said to me, and it really stuck with me, you know, she was like, there, she, because I was like, you manage everything, you know, everything, wife, mother, blah, blah, blah. She was like, she basically has accepted that it's like a rotation, and someone's always going to suffer. So, you know, some days you may not be the best parent, some days you may be slacking in, some days you may not be the best partner or wife, but it just goes around and around in circles like that. And that just made a lot of sense. And it kind of took a lot of pressure off of me as well. Everything is not going to be great all the time, right? You can't be great at all of your roles all the time. So I think being realistic and kind of bring down your expectations really help so i used to give myself a hard time if i'm slacking at work or if i'm slacking with my son but then i have just remember i'm human right so it's like it's didn't go great there's always tomorrow so i i love that i love that you just said it's about a rotation because i i agree with that 100 percent. because you know it's it's different as your kid goes through different stages, they'll need different things from, from you. And, you know, you have to be able to, to give them what they need when they need it. As a, you know, as a person, you go through different stages, you know, even though we are, we are adults, we're still growing, we're still changing, we're still learning who we are. And so in light of that, you know, when we're doing our business, we're also learning ourselves. We're learning our strengths and we're learning our weaknesses. And we have to learn how to, how to modify things at times. And so um, 
you know, I, I just think this conversation is so important for for parents right now because so many of us have great ideas and yeah. we are visionaries, but you know, we're we're told to wear a cape and be superwoman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we just in this conversation admitted that superwoman doesn't exist. She doesn't. I threw the cape in the garbage because <laughs> Unnecessary pressure. I'm not superwoman and I don't want that birth. So I'm just the woman trying to do as much as I can. So I'm not all great at it and I'm okay with that. So Awesome. Awesome. So as we wrap it up, I know this conversation has been great and, um, but I, I definitely want to be mindful of the time. And as we wrap it up, I want you to share with us, um, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, that's a good question. So my legacy, I want my legacy to be the woman who was courageous, the woman who was afraid to be authentic, and the woman who lived life exactly how she wanted to live it. And that's such an important um, legacy for me because, you know, women have kind of been put in boxes and told how they should live their lives. And I just want to be one of the women who who said, you know, I'm going to live like how I want to and, and did it exactly how she wanted to do it. So that's important for me. And also just, again, empower, I'm a woman known to empower other women, right? Through being myself, really. Through being myself, through expressing myself, not being afraid to share my story and connect with women who are going through, you know, very similar things and struggles that I go through as well. So yeah, that's what I want my legacy to be. So I hope through Love on This, that's why it's like so dear to me as well, because I get to do that through writing. I get to connect to people. When I, for example, when I wrote the poem for you, I got to kind of experience kind of a glimpse of your love and what you share with your partner and kind of help you embody that, put it in something tangible. So, you know, I hope through my canvases as well, I can connect with people and help other people connect with people and just, yeah, spread a lot of love. So that's yes, it. yes. And I remember when we first connected, I loved the name of your business, Love on a Canvas. Can mm-hmm. you, before we go, can you tell us how that name came to be and why you chose it? It's so weird. So I was, my friend the other day asked me to help her like brainstorm business names. And I don't know, I'm just thinking, thinking, thinking. And I can't tell you exactly, like, this is exactly how I came up with it. But I'm also thought about, okay, what are the values of business that I'm trying to start, right? And what do I want people to feel? How do I want people to feel when they encounter my business or, you know, receive a product? And really, that was just, just what it was. I want it to be love on a canvas. That's what it embodies the kind of love that you feel for whoever I'm writing the poem for, be it your brother, sister, your friend, your colleague, I want them to feel extremely and incredibly loved when they receive that canvas. So, you know, so one of the points of my business is to affirm relationships, you know? So communication is really, really big in in relationships. Sometimes you can love someone, but you don't express it in the right ways. So for someone to kind of just see, you know, have a tangible expression of your love, um, and that's how I wanted people to feel. So yeah, love on a canvas is kind of befitting. And I also wanted people to know exactly what the business does in the name. So because it has canvas in it, so it's just kind of, yeah, a way to, yes. I don't want to use poem or poetry in it. So. 
So yeah. Right, right. I think it's the perfect name for what you do. And I think it will definitely resonate with people. Can you tell everybody how they can connect with you, how they can um, get one of your canvases? So please just share your, uh, your links and um, where they can find you at. Awesome. So Love on a Canvas is basically the handle for everything. So on Instagram, at Love on a Canvas, we have a Facebook page as well, that Love on a Canvas. And then the website is www.loveonacanvas.shop. So not .com, .shop. Um, so you can go on there, just browse around. I hope it's very self-explanatory how you can order. Um, there's two sections, so you can order personalized poem or a ready-made poem. Um, so yeah, for the personalized poem, everything can be done on the website. So once you create the poem, you got a questionnaire to tell me about the person that you want to write the poem for and choose the category, whether it's for a wedding, a birthday, just because, um, whether it's for your kids, anything. So you choose the category and yeah, once you fill that out and you pay for the order, I'll be contacting you within a, two days with a proof. Um, and yeah, so it's, if you don't like the first version, you get, uh, another version. And so my goal is to make sure that you're happy with the poem and, um, and you're happy with the product. So that's basically it. Wow. That is just terrific because I think so many people have, um, just, things that they keep around that don't necessarily have meaning and what love on the canvas does what do you give that person who kind of just buys everything for themselves and they don't need anything it's you get them something like love on a canvas because it is the gift that is 100 unique and it lets them know that you're you're thoughtful you know it's so much more personal than a gift card and I just, for, for my husband, he just buys what he needs. And, um, you know, when I gave him Love on a Canvas, for him, he's like, you know, I'm a writer. Even though I didn't write it, it was like a direct um, act of love because it was showing him, hey, I remember when we first met. I remember how we connected and you mean so much to me. And so I just encourage everybody, definitely show some love to Love on a Canvas and, um, you know, check out the gifts because at this time we have to show people that we love them while they're here, while they're here, you know, because after they're gone, they won't know. So you have to do what you can to, um, to love on them while they're alive. So thank you so much for just sharing your business with us, sharing your self-care regimen, letting us know about your business and parenthood, how it coincides. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave with the audience? Any words of wisdom? <laughs> words of wisdom. I don't really have any words of wisdom, except things I can't just speak. What I live by every day is, you know, if today was my last day, am I happy with how I'm living? And if I'm not, what can I do to make, you know, to make myself? And just go for it. Be courageous. And always think, if you really want to do something you're not sure, think, what's the worst that could happen? And also think, what's the best thing that could happen? So I think that we make many great decisions in my life and, and basically live with no regrets. So that's really 
Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. I've just enjoyed this conversation. It's felt like, you know, two old friends talking and, um, you know, it's been great to, to learn from you and speak with you. And so um, I wish you the best in all of your endeavors and much success on your business. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Awesome. Have a good Okay. So where can everybody get your book? Right. So you can get my book on Amazon. It's called The Naked Butterfly by Elizabeth Ayola. Uh, my surname is A-Y-O-O-L-A. So yeah, the title of the book is The Naked Butterfly. So yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Okay, awesome. And everybody, I will put a link to the book in the show notes. So we will definitely be able to check out your book and just learn more and support you. So all the best to you. And you, Chris. Thank you.